while you've been out, while you've been at work, while you've been taking care of stuff, we've compiled a composite of the latest and biggest stories of the day to help you get caught up. This is A3O News on the go. I'm Mark Fry, and here's what's making headlines for Tuesday, February 20th, 2024. Charges have been filed following a deadly crash in Arden Hills. Minnesota lawmakers unveiled a proposal that would ultimately create more affordable housing and questions surround a beloved park in St. Anthony Village. Our top story, we're learning more about one of the fallen Burnsville officers that was killed in the line of duty on Sunday. Paul Elmstrand graduated from Cambridge Isanti High School. Paul never made it about himself until the last moment here. He made it about others, protect and serve. Principal Steve Gibbs telling WCCO's Adam Carter that Paul lived a life of service and that he hopes that will be his legacy. Paul stood out. We, we have 1,600 students in our building. I mean, every single one is loved and cared for, and Paul stood out to our staff. The Elm Strand family runs a berry farm in Isanti and is well-known and well-loved, always giving back to the community. If you attended kindergarten in Cambridge or Isanti, you knew the Elmstrands because they opened up their doors every kindergartner got a pumpkin from the from the berry farm out there. Susie Jones, News Talk 830 WCCO. Now those who want to donate to the families of the three first responders killed in Burnsville Sunday can do so online. Officials from the Law Enforcement Labor Services Benevolent Fund have set up the site with all contributions delivered directly to the families of Paul Elmstrand, Matthew Rugi, and Adam Finseth. In a statement, the group says this is the only contribution site verified on behalf of the families. They're asking to be aware of scam fundraisers seeking to exploit the tragedy. Steve Simpson, News Talk 830 WCCO. We've got a link to the website at WCCORadio.com. Meanwhile, Minnesota Governor Tim Walz responding to criticism he's received from law enforcement and other community members since that deadly shooting. Walz telling WCCO Radio's Vanita Sakar on the WCCO Morning News that it is his job to make sure public safety is a top investment in the state. We put over $300 million additionally local county government aid, and um, I don't think you can point to a, a, a comment made publicly that was disparaging. So I, I understand this. I understand frustration. Um, I understand that things have become polarized and politicized, and I think we just need to continue to work at that. Walls adds he respects the critical opinions offered his way following Sunday's tragedy. In other news, the Ramsey County Attorney's Office has charged a Minneapolis man with four counts of criminal vehicular homicide following a crash last Friday morning that killed a New Brighton couple. Investigators say a preliminary breath test showed 31-year-old Luis Tupatuna's blood alcohol content was 2.18 when he crashed into another car that was then hit broadside by a semi on I-694 in Arden Hills. That crash happened around 8.45 in the morning. Curtis and Karen O'Connor died at the scene. A celebration at Theodore Wirth Park in Minneapolis after the success of the World Cup cross-country ski races that were held this past weekend. Tens of thousands of people came to watch elite skiers from around the world compete on a course that up until recently lacked snow. Claire Wilson is executive director of the Minneapolis Lopet Foundation, which organized and hosted the event. I knew we were going to put on an amazing event. I did, regardless of the weather. But to have the weather be in our favor and then to have this incredible community come together, there literally wasn't a low point. It just was all magic. Minnesota native Jesse Diggins came in third in the 10K Sunday with American Gus Schumacher winning on the men's side. He is the first American to win a World Cup cross-country race since 2013. 
Lawmakers in St. Paul Tuesday unveiling a proposal that would ultimately create more affordable housing in the state. They call themselves the Minnesotans for More Homes Coalition. Stephanie Saji says the legislation will help people like her find a place to live. Throughout my life experiences, I've learned that no one is immune to housing instability and ultimately homelessness, which can result to many contributing factors. The bill would unlock funding passed during last year's legislative session and help make land available across the state for affordable family homes. While we all know what a strange winter it's been, but what impact might it have on Minnesota farmers? Our own Susie Jones has more. Truth be told, we don't really know what will happen in March and April weather-wise and whether or not farmers will be able to plant earlier than normal this year. Small grain crops, spring wheat and oats might do well. This might be a really awesome year for them to be able to get out there, get things planted early. University of Minnesota professor Jeffrey Strock says the warmer than normal weather could have a downside when it comes to water quality. We're going to be watching you know, uh, water quality issues this coming out of this year since we've been in drought for a couple of years and and hopefully we don't uh, end up flushing any nutrients that the farmers want to keep in the ground, uh, out of the ground and into our waterways. He added, it is important to remember we do live in Minnesota where we know weather is fickle. We live in Minnesota, so wait five minutes and the, and the weather's probably going to change on us. Susie Jones, News Talk 830 WCCO. And finally, Silverwood Park in St. Anthony Village is facing a unique situation that could result in a loss of funding for the beloved park. Silverwood is more than just a park. St. Anthony Mayor Wendy Webster. They do this beautiful job of melding arts programming with kind of environmental education. Ramsey County residents, including Dave Johnson, are concerned funding for these programs could get cut. I listened to the board meeting where this was discussed. I think the term that was used was um, it becoming a passive park. Three Rivers Park District Commissioner Aaron Kolb, however, says nothing is imminent. That could be one of the options. It doesn't mean that that's the option that we'll elect to move forward with, but clearly we're hearing you know, from the community that that is not a desired outcome. Kolb says all this could be revisited in their March or April meeting. Ari Bergeron, News Talk 830 WCCO. And thank you for tuning in. You can find each day's on the go and all of our podcasts at WCCORadio.com or by downloading the Odyssey app. I'm Mark Fry, News Talk 830 WCCO.